I have been talking about, um, well, essentially, I've been answering the difficult questions that that people have when it comes to uh, a relationship with God, when it comes to being a Jesus follower. And so uh, the, the question that I want to answer tonight is, why isn't God's direction always clear? Right? I, and and I, man, that's not like, oh, just your stage of life. That's every stage of life where you, whatever you find yourself in, we, we deal with this. I deal with this all the time. Why isn't God's direction always clear? And, and the reason that's a question for us is because we hear all these things, right? We hear that he wants to guide us. He wants to direct us. You'll hear me say that, uh, how he wants us to follow him. And then it says in 1 Corinthians 14, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, and you go, well, how can you say that when I'm so confused, right? Why am I struggling with knowing what to do when, by what you say, Steve, by what I read in Scripture, it's supposed to tell me what I'm supposed to do. It's supposed to make it clear. Why am I confused? So what happens when we don't have clarity on what we're supposed to do? What happens in that situation? What do we do when we don't have the clarity? Now, um, where this is not difficult is when one, one decision is clearly the better decision, right? It's not hard when you're like, oh, that's clearly the right answer. That's clearly the wrong answer. So I, I know what I'm supposed to do here. But what's really, really hard is when two things could be great, Two things could be of God, right? That's when it's really tough. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're passionate about multiple things and you've got to decide one, right? Maybe um, when it comes to your time, uh, what do you do with your time? And you've got these options. So how do I prioritize? Maybe uh, you're waiting back or you want to go to grad school, something like that. And you've got multiple options. How do I decide uh, what to do here? Maybe it's just college. Uh, maybe it's your major. Maybe it's a relationship. Uh, it could be a lot of different things. Do I move here? And, and, and sometimes, in fact, a lot of the time, that direction isn't clear. And so you go, what, how do I make that decision? How do I work through that? Or maybe you're just in this waiting period, right? Like sometimes we are in this waiting period and there's no way that we can move it forward, right? It's just not, the, our options aren't there yet. Maybe you're waiting on a job, a job offer. Maybe you're in an interview process. Uh, maybe it's an application somewhere or, or something like that. And, and you're just waiting to hear back. There's nothing you can do. You can't call them uh, because then they're like, yep, you're not what we're looking for. So you just sit there, right? And you're waiting. So how do you, how do, you do that when you're stuck wondering what you're supposed to do, how long do you stay in that place? So one of the things that, that is really important when you're in a season of trying to get direction, um, especially when you think about getting direction from God, you have to step back and you have to ask, what's my overall purpose? Okay, what's, what's my purpose? Because a lot of times in the decisions we make, our identity rides on those decisions, 
right? Our, uh, our view of maybe success for ourselves, um, our emotions are attached to it. Everything is kind of riding on some of these decisions, whether you're in this season of just complete, like you have no control, you're waiting, or you have options on the table and you're trying to decide, you have to be able to step back when it's not clear and, you, and God's not clear on it. And you have to go, what is my purpose? Like, what is my overall purpose uh, in life? Not what's my desire, right? Because you already know that. Not what's, you know, or, or even really what's the question I'm wrestling with, but what's his purpose for me? What's his overall purpose for me? So my, my junior year in college, um, as I was starting that up, I had no idea what I wanted to do. No idea. And so I, I, I remember like just, man, being so like, I've got to figure this out. What is going on? Like, I want to do this. I kind of like that. That seems interesting. I know someone that does that. And, and you know, like your junior year, at least you used to, you kind of had to la land where you're going. And, uh, and so that was so tough for me. And, and even at that point, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a pastor. Like, that wasn't even an emphasis at that point at the beginning of that year. And so one of the things that as I was wrestling through that, it's not like it was decisions on good and evil, right? Or, or good and bad. It was, it was, it was more like, man, what, what really, what am I supposed to do with my life, right? And, and you're trying to land uh, that plane. And as I was going uh, through that, I had to step back from that because it was just stressing me out. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to pick. And, and I had to just sit, go like, wait, what is my overall purpose? Okay, outside of a job, a career, what is a relationship? What is my overall purpose? And I had to step back and do that because I was driving myself crazy. Some of you drive yourselves crazy over these decisions. And, and so I had to step back and ask, what's my overall purpose? Not, once again, not what's my desire, right? Or even my question, but what's his purpose for me? And I had to get myself to that point where it wasn't about the arrival for myself, but it was about the purpose. That's really important because I think the temptation for you guys is, is to make the point the arrival versus asking what is the actual purpose, okay? We all have this ideal arrival point for our lives, right? I'm not hating on you for having that, right? You've got this vision in your mind of what arriving looks like. In fact, some of you that are like way down the road, you know what your spouse is going to look like. Maybe you already like, I already know who it is. And then you've got like how many kids you're going to have, what gender they're going to have. Like you've got it all already fit where you're going to live, where you're not going to live. And, and all of this, you, you have it already there. And so every decision already in your mind is leading you there. That's the outcome. That's the desired result, right? And, and I think what's really tough is when along that journey, and trust me on this, along that journey, even if you go, I already know my whole plan. I have it mapped out. There's going to be decisions along the way that you're going to have. And what if either one of those decisions could fulfill that ultimate outcome? So what do you do? And what if God's not like, hey, you do this? 
and you're praying and you're like, God, what do I do? And, and you just don't feel at peace that you're getting an answer. So what do you do in that situation? And those are the moments where you have to take yourself outside of your desired outcome or whatever that arrival uh, is for you. And you have to get yourself back and step back and ask, what is his purpose for me? Well, in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, it says, for this is the will of God. Your sanctification. Okay? Very clear. Um, and then in that verse, it talks about uh, abstaining from, from things that are in opposition to that, but within that context. But he says, ultimately, and, and he confirms this later in 1 Thessalonians 5, but he says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Now, what in the world does that word mean? Sanctification well, or holiness. Sanctification is the process of becoming more like God. Not the process of becoming a God, the process of becoming more like God. Okay, so it's the growth that happens in your life as you take on more of the characteristics of God in your life, how you act, how you work, how you talk, the decisions you make. And so, and, and, and growing in your understanding of who he is, who he is, so that as you go in that direction, you become and you look more like him. Okay, so that's that process of sanctification. So ultimately, you guys, that's your purpose. That's his desire for you. And that's what should be consuming your mind. So ultimately for me, I had to step back from my desired outcome. And, and especially when there's like multiple outcomes with these decisions, that could be great. And I had to say, hold on, what's my purpose? Because I don't know for sure what I'm supposed to do. Okay, so I had to, I had to step back. And, and so I read like that's, that's his desire for me. And then in John chapter 15, uh, we see the, the writer talks a lot about this whole theme called abiding in Christ. He talks about abiding in Christ. And, and, and essentially, it's this whole idea of faithfulness. Okay, so abiding in Christ, literally, and he, and he uses the analogy of, of the branch and the vine and how that's needed and how they go together. Um, and, and he talks about how you abide in me, I in you, you're going to bear much fruit. And, and, and he talks about how you'll, you're, you're going to hear my voice and, and, and those things. But, but he really defines what abiding is in 1 John chapter 3, verse 24, when he says, whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Now, here's what's so cool about this, okay? So as I abide in God, as I literally attach my wants, my desires, my lifestyle to him, make him the point, make him the purpose, I pursue him, and, and I go down that road. What does it say? And this is what's so cool. It says, and then God in him. In other words, it's not a one-sided relationship. Have you ever been in a one-sided relationship where you're just like, man, I'm trying everything. I'm trying everything to keep this thing going. And the other person's kind of like, eh. That's not how it is with God. Okay, so as you abide in him, he abides in you. You see that also affirmed in John 15, which is so 
awesome, you guys. It is not this like, God, hey, I love you. Are you there? I keep, I'm here, you know, like, and you're just, no, as I abide in him, he abides in me. You bear much fruit. And then I love how it, how it ends there in verse 24, what I just read, it says, and by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. In other words, as I make him a priority, walk with him, he blesses, does incredible things in my life to continue to affirm and confirm uh, that, that he is one real and that, and that we're growing in the together and he's opening up doors. He's giving me direction. He's telling me what not to do, but I'm also in my seasons of doubt and in my seasons of like, man, I don't feel like you're there. Where are you in this decision? He's given you the Holy Spirit. Who's the messenger, the mouthpiece of God who continues to confirm that he's there. That's huge. So you have that abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, walking with you, leading you, and confirming that presence. But it comes back to the first part. Uh, it comes back to, uh, once again, he says what? Whoever keeps my commandments or, or whoever really follows me first, whoever will follow me, whoever will, will do what I say and walk with me. So ultimately, you guys, when you talk about abiding in him, what what does that look like? And his purpose there, his purpose of, of us growing in that, in that sanctification process, it ultimately comes down to us walking with him. And so when, when you think about a decision that you have to make, okay, and, and you're stuck, you have to step back and you have to ask yourself that first question. Are you even walking with him, right? Because if you're not walking with him, how in the world do you expect to be led by him? Okay, because when we walk with him and, and you, you see in scripture, the analogy like hand in hand, right? Like, like for some of you, you're, you're like, oh no, I'm walking with God, but he's trying to hold your hand and you're like that person. Have you ever tried to hold someone's hand and they're like, not feeling it, right? Some of you are like, no, it's never happened. They're always reaching for mine, right? Yeah, I know, that was me. No, I'm kidding, but... That's totally like, that's what it's like. We're like, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> Funny story. I, uh, I may have said this before. I don't know if I have just whatever, but so I, I had gotten married and I was a youth pastor when we got married and my wife, we were on this trip and, and I was leading this, this ministry. I don't remember what it was, but there was a bunch of students and, and a bunch of people at it. And, and so they're, they're, we're doing this big prayer circle. Okay, big time, big prayer circle. So in this prayer circle, everybody circle up. We're doing this prayer circle and we all hold hands. And my wife's over there, you know, and, and we're here. And, and we start praying. And my wife's looking at me. And it's not like a praise Jesus look. It's like, you know what I mean? I'm feeling the prayer. This is great. Like, she's just like looking at me, like almost like she's mad. And, and I'm, I'm totally confused because, you know, I mean, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be. I'm like what did I marry? What's wrong with her? Like, you know, but, but like, uh, after the prayer circle, she walks up to me and she goes, why were you interlocking fingers? I'm like, what? What do you mean? She goes, you were interlocking fingers with those girl, girls on both sides. And I go, interlocking fingers. I go, well, that's how you hold hands. She goes, no, you don't interlock fingers anymore. And I was like, 
I didn't even know that was a thing. So now, man, if you're ever praying with me and you want to hold my hand, I'm like this. I'm like, man, <laughs> you know, I'm like a, like a kid's snow glove. Like you're not, like there's no interlocking happening. So that's shut down. But uh, that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> but anyway, you're not choosing to interlock fingers with God. <laughs> there we go. I brought it back. Okay. Um, but you guys, when you think about as he walks with you and you walk with him hand in hand, he reveals more of his will. He, he reveals other things that you're unaware of because you're walking with him. In John 15, 11, he says, after he had finished talking about abiding, he says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Now, why is that so awesome? Because that joy that he's talking about, one, it's his joy. He's saying, I'm bringing that into you. And, and this joy that he's talking about, it isn't contingent on you having the answer or getting the direction to life that you want. He's saying, I'm going to bring that joy into your life as you fulfill your purpose, as you walk with me, okay, as, as, as you abide. So in other words, as you go down that road, he says, I'm going to literally put my joy in you. And so that whether you have clear direction or not, uh, you can walk confidently in joy, Having that kind of joy. Guys, something that should differentiate uh, someone that's a Jesus follower and, that, and someone that's not in a big decision is a Jesus follower should be able to have joy in that process. Someone that's not, their identity is resting on that. Their life is resting on that. If you're a Jesus follower, you already, someone else has defined your identity. And so it's a totally different walk. And, and it's also just like, it's awesome that he does that. That joy comes from walking and abiding. Um, this is also important. This is a huge thing, you guys, that I don't, we don't talk about enough because I, I feel like in a lot of uh, churches, and when I say churches, I'm not like singling out a church or anything like that. I just hear this a lot that, that man, he's just going to make it clear for you. That if you just walk with him, he's just going to open the clear door and you're going to walk through it. And, and you know what, guys? I'm going to be honest. He doesn't always do that. He doesn't. Like, if you're waiting for the Red Sea to just part, I mean, good luck. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he's really clear. But other times, you guys, he's not. So what do you do? And this has been a huge truth that I've tried to tell to a lot of people. Guys, if you're in the center of God's will, he's not going to let you make the wrong decision. You guys need to hear that. Because some of you become so paralyzed in seeking what he wants you to do. And you're separating that from abiding. And if you're abiding and walking with him and you're in the center of his will, you guys, you can actually move forward well and make decisions. And you don't have to worry, is he mad at me? Is this really his best? Is this really what he wants? You don't have to do that. Because if you're walking with him hand in hand, guys, he's going to yank your hand. He's not going to like go into that wrong decision with you. 
And I just feel like a lot of times, uh, especially, man, you know, you, you just hear this like, well, he hasn't made it clear. I don't know for sure, for sure. And, and this is a big decision. Well, yeah, it's a big decision. But if you're walking with him, you guys, you can confidently make that decision. If you're in the center of his will, he is not going to allow you to make a decision that's wrong. Okay, he just won't because you're in the center of his will. You guys, there are times that, man, I have literally, I have like pleaded, God, give me clarity with this. Do that, do this. And I just haven't gotten it. Okay, now there's times he's dramatically made things clear for me. Uh, like with my wife, that was like dramatically clear. Uh, a few of the different jobs that I've had, it was like dramatically clear when I took him before that. That's what you're supposed to do. But there's been other times, you guys, where it was not clear. And I'm sitting there like, God, I want clarity. But because I was walking with him, I was able to trust in the decision that I made because I knew that if I'm following him, his will will meet me in that. Okay, so, so I didn't, if I'm just like, man, like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm just going to sit here until something is more clear. You guys, if you're walking with him, it, like, like, it's not like getting to the end. It's a step. And you feel confident because he's with you. And you could take another step and another. And, and, and literally, you guys, like I said, if you're walking with him, he's going to yank your arm away from something that's not in the cards for you. But if, like, here's the reality though. If you're not walking with him, you should be afraid of that decision. 100%. If you're not walking with him, that means that something else is driving that decision. And that's when you should be afraid. Okay? You never should be afraid if you're walking with him because we see all these things that are a byproduct of that. But if I'm not walking with him, that's when I should. That's why I said the first question to always ask with these, with these decisions is, is not like, what's my desired outcome? But what, what is my purpose? Where do I align with what God says about me, his desires for me? And if that doesn't line up, I've got to evaluate what is motivating and inspiring me to choose what I'm choosing. Okay? And so uh, that's a huge thing, you guys, uh, for us. Because, you know, for, for some of you, this means making some decisions without that clear answer, and you don't like that. <laughs> you want the, hey, he's just going to give you clarity. For others, because there's some of you guys that are stuck in this season of waiting, right? And like I said, maybe it's outside of your control, right? If you're waiting on, on a job opportunity, man, I've had situations, gosh, where I'm waiting for this job and they're like, we'll call you back next week. Well, next week came and went. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, do I move on? Is that like we're done with you? I mean, they said that. And then they'll call me later. Oh, no, no, we're, we're still like, we think this is going really well. I'm like, really? Because I'm over here like freaking out. And it just, it would delay and all of that. But, but I, I had no ability to control that situation, okay? There's just things that you don't have the ability to control, okay? And there's people in your life that have influence over you. You can't control what they're going to do. Um, and you can't control a lot of these things, you guys, that, that you're going to have to make a decision about. And so what happens when you're stuck in this waiting and it's outside of that control? You've got to decide in that moment what your focus is going to be. Okay, you have to make a decision. What's my focus going to be? Is your focus going to be on where you want to be or who you're becoming? Okay, because often you won't get to where you need to be until 
you're who you need to be. Guys, there's so many situations where looking back, I've been able to see that I had to go through different seasons of waiting because what God was doing in me was more important than where I needed to be, ultimately. And he knew where he wanted me to be, but he knew I had to go through some of these things with him in order to be in that position, in that place, and actually experience it to the fullest. Okay. I mean, prime example for me is my wife. I mean, I was never, I was never ready. I always thought I was ready, but I wasn't, I didn't always think I was ready. But after college, I was like, oh yeah, here we go. This is what's next, right? This is the thing. And, and there was a lot of seasons of waiting. Okay. A lot of seasons of, of that. And, and, and I remember just like thinking about that, but in that season, he was working on what and who I was becoming in order to experience that to how he designed it. When you think about career and job, it's the same thing. Guys, there's been so many seasons in my life of waiting and wondering, and God was doing so much in me during those times because I was able to take the focus off of what I feel like I need to happen, what I want to happen, and I was able to shift that into what, what am I doing with me right now? How am I allowing God to shape and to form uh, and, to, and to have his way? And how am I growing in, in that direction? So you have to decide what you're going to focus on because, man, that's tough to work through. Guys, and here's the other thing. Waiting doesn't mean stagnation, okay? If you're waiting, that doesn't mean and it doesn't have to be stagnation. You can be waiting actively. You can be waiting with purpose, okay? Like when we think about like what you're focusing on, guys, if, if, if you're just focusing and worried about that desired outcome and you have no ability to control it, that's stagnation. You're not doing anything productive other than worrying, uh, you know, your, your anxiety is going out of control. That, that's it. That's all you're focused on. But in this season of waiting, if I can be focused on him, my identity with him, if I can grow and cultivate uh, that uh, and, and make that a priority, walk hand in hand with him, that means as I wait for that, I'm growing, I'm developing, I'm, I'm waiting with purpose. Um, and, and what that also does, you guys, is it prepares you for whatever answer you may get. Because sometimes it's a positive one and sometimes you may go, man, that's a negative. But if you're spending time with him, if he's your focus in that and you're pursuing him in that, that's not stagnation. You're actually spiritually growing while you're waiting, which causes you to be way more prepared. Because here's the reality. If you're focused on that, you guys, what if the thing that you're hoping happens, you had to wait for so God could give you clarity that that's actually not what he wants for you? Guys, there's been times where literally it's been, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. At the last minute, because the focus is God, he like, was like, no. We, we spent, uh, my wife and I spent a weekend in Austin before we actually uh, agreed to come up to Eugene. And, and we thought for sure uh, that, that, I was, that we were going to Austin. 
I mean, for sure. Uh, we were far down the road in this interview process where I was going to be this teaching pastor at this church in Austin. And, and we'd flown out there. And, and literally, it was just like, this is a done deal. And so we go through, I go through all these interview processes. They take Lindsay around to look at houses, all this stuff. Like, this is like done in our mind. It's like everything lines up. Everything's perfect uh, for the situation to be amazing and, and, and all of that. And then literally the very last meeting before the Uber was picking me up to take us to the airport, that very last meeting, God was like, you're not supposed to take the job. And it was like, Ugh. Really? And and it was it was it was one of those things, you guys, that as we were going through it, we were still, as we felt like that's what he was leading, we were still seeking him. Guys, that's the difference. Okay? Because if you're seeking the position, we're in Austin right now. Who knows what? I don't know. I mean, Austin's cool. Let's not wouldn't have been the worst, right? Maybe, who knows, right? But he, he, you know, he's, when he closes the door, he's either protecting you for something you can't see or he's getting ready to provide for you something you can't see every time. And so you guys, um, there's so many times that we miss that final clarity that he wants to give because in the season of waiting, we skip it and we just focus on the desired outcome. And so guys, I want to challenge you with, that because he does. He changes. He speaks into your life as you focus and grow on him in those seasons. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. If you, like, guys, when we, when we think about faith and what he wants to teach you in the season of waiting, if you have to make a decision and you walk hand in hand, hand in hand with him through it, you can be confident even in faith. Because what is faith? Faith is demonstrated confidence in God because he's walking through that with you. Okay? So one of the things that is great, right, is when you don't have to make a big decision alone. Right? It's really tough when it's just on you. It's a lot easier when you have, honestly, it is. <laughs> it's a lot easier when it's like multiple people and you're both feeling the weight of the decision, but you get to like, okay, what do you think? And that it's really, really tough when it's just you, but guys, it's never just you. He's with you in that. And he reminds us of that. And so, and so when you think about taking a step of faith, that's just demonstrating confidence in God that who he is is who he is to you, right? That that's lined up because if you always had clarity and clear direction, guys, you wouldn't need faith. If you always had, if he always just said, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're not supposed to do. Guys, you wouldn't need to take steps of faith, but you guys, there's a lot of times he doesn't just part the Red Sea for you and make it clear because he's given you the opportunity to take steps of faith. And guys, I'm telling you right now, faith is one of the hardest like first steps, but it is the most fulfilling journey you can take in your life. When you start making decisions by faith, you guys, out of confidence in God, my goodness, you'll be amazed 
at what happens and it brings you, it actually brings you, um, the, it gives you the ability to be able to make more of those decisions knowing that it's not about you, it's not a desired outcome, but it's about God. It's about what he's doing in you. And even if you're waiting, even if both directions could be him, those don't have to be the purpose. They don't have to define your life, what he's doing in you, his purpose for you. That's what defines your life. That's what defines his purpose for you. Okay. And so that has to supersede these things. So whether it's a big decision like that and you got two options, you're going to be able to walk in a direction and you're not going to be paralyzed because you're walking with him. If you're in the season of waiting, you have no ability to control, uh, you, you know, and, and you can't force anything to happen, guess what? You're going to be actively waiting, engaging with him and growing, and he's going to bring more and more clarity to you. And so whenever that happens, whenever that door does open, you're going to be able to make a confident decision. And that's huge. And so guys, when, when you think about ultimately that, that first question, why isn't God's direction always clear? It's because guess what? He calls us into a faith-based relationship. And he's going to call you to walk by faith. But once again, guys, he's there with you as you abide in him. So you can walk confidently, confidently through that. So guys, I just, I want to close with this thought. Everything that the enemy wants to do is to hold you back, to paralyze you, and to cause you to doubt because ultimately that keeps you from moving forward. And so guys, here's the thing. Success, um, achievement, and all those things, honestly, sometimes those are the works of the enemy because he knows that distracts you from ultimately abiding in God. And so what I, what I just really want to encourage you with is make that the focus and the priority because then you're going to navigate success well. You're going to navigate decisions well. You're going to na navigate seasons of waiting. And guys, you're going to have all of those things in your life. There's going to be successes in your life. There's going to be difficult decisions. And as you get older, decisions, they just get harder. And then there's going to be decisions where you're not going to, you're not going to know what to make. And you're not going to have any ability to control. You're interviewing uh, all of this. And you're just like, God, I don't know. You're going to have to do this. But if you're abiding with him, that's a confident step for you. And, and he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna do what he needs to do to guide you in that, okay? He's not going to leave you out to dry. He's abiding with you as you abide in him. Let's pray.